Hey, what's up? How's it going? I'm Ryan, and this is my buddy Tyler. Hi. We do a podcast over here called Preview Review. Why does it sound like a, an ad for our podcast and not like the actual start of an episode of our podcast? I mean, I've never gotten to do an ad read because we have no sponsors and we're not like part of a big podcast. Do group. you like movie trailers? Do you want all the hottest information about movies that are coming to theaters or in this case streaming because theaters still aren't open? Well, then you're in luck. Listen to Preview Review every muffled sound couple weeks or so whenever we decide to make a new one. <laughs> If you're listening to this, you're listening to the latest episode. Congratulations. You made it this far. Why not listen to the entirety of the episode? Episode 28. This is now... I don't know where you're going with this sentence. I don't know. This is now the beginning of the podcast. Hi. Welcome to Preview Review. Uh, if you stuck around this long, you probably already listened to Preview Review and you know how things go. So let's jump into it. No, Ryan, like you say, every episode could be somebody's first episode. You're right. If this is your first episode, what we do on this podcast is we cover four movie trailers for movies that aren't in theaters yet, but soon will be. Or Netflix or whatever, because movie releases are weird right now because, you know, pandemic. I was going to see if we could get through this episode without mentioning the pandemic, but I don't think that's possible. That's not the times we're living in right now. Oh, COVID times. I hope this podcast finds you well. (laughs) So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the upcoming movies Wonder Woman 1984, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, The Devil All the Time, and Enola Holmes. Wow. Sounds like a fun slate of Netflix films. It's a fun slate of Netflix films with a big budget superhero movie that's hopefully coming out in October, but we'll see. (laughs) You know, that's just how I live my life now. Hopefully something's going to happen in October, but we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) You know, that's what I said in... June and July. That's what I was saying in April. Fuck. (laughs) But we'll see. (laughs) Anyways, before we jump into those four movies, we have to look back and see if there's any movies that we've covered previously on this podcast that we've preview reviewed that we've now seen Uh, and what we thought of them. So this is a segment we call Ryan's Review Roundup. Ryan's retrospective look at the movies. That's what the sophisticated people call this. We're very sophisticated in these trying times. We have to rise above, Tyler. I got it. I got it. So, Ryan, I saw the most sophisticated film of our times. Bill and Ted face the music. This movie is honestly so pure and so fun, and it just makes my heart so warm, and I love it. And if you have the chance to see it, see it. Even if you got to pay the $25, do it, baby. Spend the money. You would have spent $25 to see that Oh, movie. I would have, totally. But I got lucky because it was at the drive-in and I had to spend $10. But I would have totally. It was like one of the only movies I would have spent 25 bucks for of the PVOD price. Um, next on Ryan's grown-up retrospective part of the podcast is another very sophisticated film that people have been... Uh, very patient, waiting for this one. The New Mutants. I'm going to say this one's alright. It's better than I thought it was going to be. But this one, don't bother spending 25 bucks. I don't even think you can. I think you have to go to a theater. Don't don't risk COVID for this one. <laughs> That's my hot take. It was better than expected, though. It's better than expected, but not better than dying from COVID. Wait. No, Nothing the other way. No, the ventilator just hits different. You know, twenty twenty. 
Anyway, uh, see Bill and Ted, uh, see New Mutants only if you really want to and are like really interested. Nice. Thanks, Ryan. You're welcome. Well, our opening question for the day, all the movies we're talking about today, aside from Wonder Woman 1984, are releasing on Netflix. I have a Netflix account. It's pretty exciting. Uh, you know, some high quality art films going to Netflix and wow. others are just things that have been acquired that were going to go into theaters but have now been acquired by Netflix for online distribution. So just like Preview Review, it's an to... acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're going. Oh, right. The, the, the question of the day is yes. where we're headed. That's what the script says. Um, Brian just threw off my entire segue here. Anyway, some movies have been acquired by Netflix and are being distributed there. Others were already planned as Netflix movies. But if any of the upcoming movies that are left to come out this year... There are some still big titles that are floating out there that are saying, hey, maybe someday we'll release somewhere. Some b- b- bangers. If you were to choose any of those that could just drop on Netflix in this next like week or two, which one would you choose and why? All right. This is a perfect question because I've thought about it previously and I have an answer for it. My answer to this question is, put In the Heights on Netflix. Disney Plus just had a big hit with Hamilton. In the Heights is just like Hamilton but not at all. But we don't know that yet because we haven't seen it yet. So put it on Netflix and everyone will see it and everyone will be excited for a couple weeks just like when Hamilton dropped on Disney+. Plus. I mean, Netflix, what else you gotta lose? You're already in debt. You can acquire another big budget film and put it on your streaming service and then have everyone subscribe for a week or two and watch it. I want to see it. I want to sing along to the songs that I don't know as well as the ones I do from Hamilton. I don't know any of the songs from the I Heights. know the ones from the trailer where it goes, Nos Navi. I think it goes, In the Heights. Okay. And he says, Little Sueño. We're not doing the In the Heights episode here, but I just want to see it. And you can put it on Netflix and I'd be fine with that. Nice. That's a good answer. My answer to this question is, I want... The Nia DaCosta horror film Candyman to go to Netflix. There's not enough good horror on Netflix, but they're getting there. There's been a recent batch added that are pretty decent horror movies. And I still haven't seen the original Candyman, but I was very excited when I saw that this reboot was happening. Um, it's a female-directed horror film, which, you know, they're just better. <laughs> Wait. I've only seen a, There's only a few horror movies that have gotten, like, really good acclaim that are directed by females. And I'm excited that Nia DaCosta is at the home for this one. Has she directed anything before? I think she has, but I don't know anything off the top of my head. Oh, okay. I thought you were excited specifically for her. But no, you're just excited I'm just excited that she's horror. a black woman that's directing a horror movie that's, you know, coming out. That's cool. I think it's cool. It is. What They should also put all the other Candymans on Netflix. I would be down for that. Mm. Okay, I think the original one is on Netflix, actually. Wow. So maybe you want... I can't. Maybe I can't say that I want the new one on there when I haven't even got on my way to watch the old one that's on there. Exactly. Be careful what you wish for, Tyler. Well, I don't know. If it was on there, I would watch it. I think it'd be a good acquisition. But I, I like your answer because it seems like that would be more... There's more of a motivation for Netflix to get in the heist on there because I feel like people would subscribe to Netflix to watch it like they did with Disney, Disney Plus and Hamilton. Candyman, I feel like it's under the radar. Well, but it's just my personal preference for what I, don't I would want to I see I feel like there. your answer is good too because Candyman, it's like coming up. It's almost October. It's almost Halloween. People want scary things, and if the new scary thing is on Netflix, you know, you know, it's less scary than contracting COVID nineteen. Ooh. So is it though? Maybe it's maybe it's a really scary movie. I I mean, I've never seen a movie that scarier than a fatal disease, scarier than a global <laughs> pandemic. But if she's able to do it, 
More power Congrats. to her. <laughs> Netflix acquire it. It's scarier than COVID-19. All right, Reed Hastings, you heard it here. Go out and get In the Heights and Candyman and we won't cancel our Netflix. I don't know. We have no incentive because we already subscribed to Netflix. Is so, Reed the, Nef- who's the Netflix? CEO of Netflix? What happened to Ted Sarandos? Who's Ted Sarandos? I thought he was the CEO of Netflix. Dude, it's Reed Hastings, bruv. Wait, then who is Ted Sarandos? Please hold while Tyler figures out who Ted Sarandos is. I don't is. even know that name. Just for me. Oh, Ted Sarandos is the CEO of Netflix. Then who's Reed, Reed Hastings? He's the CEO of Netflix. They can't both be CEOs. It's... Literally, okay. Some quick... Oh, there's two CEOs. They can both oh. be CEO of Netflix. Well, I'm more of a here first. I'm more of a Ted Sarandos guy myself. You heard it here first. Founders, but Reed Hastings is a founder. Is Reed he Hastings still Mark involved? Randall. And then currently their CEO. Let me find it. I thought it was Ted Sarandos. I thought we just figured this out. No, I think they're both CEOs right now. So Reed is a founder that's been there since the beginning, but his Reed Her- Reed Hastings is currently chairman and C- co CEO. Ted Sarandos is co CEO and CCO. Wow, they both wear two hats, but one of those hats but, is only a half. But hat. Ted Sarandos is the CCO, which is chief content officer, so he'd be the one that would go out and acquire it in the Heights and Candyman. Perfect. So you're probably more correct in this instance, but but you're not incorrect. Reed, Reed Hastings is the founder of like he's one of the co-founders of Netflix. So he's that's one why of the guys who's like, like my. He's been there from the beginning. He helped make this transition. Ah. He's the guy that sent, or like, he's the guy that, like, Blockbuster sent a kitchen sink to because they were like, you're taking all our business and you might as well have the kitchen sink too. Like, Reed Hastings is like, you know, the wow. Netflix emperor. Wow, I've never heard about any he's... of those fun Reed Hastings anecdotes. But I do know about Ted Sarandos for some reason. I've never heard that name in my life before. <laughs> I don't know why. I've never heard of Reed Hastings. You've wow. never heard of... Tell us in the fan art that you send us. <laughs> who's your Netflix CEO? Draw hashtag your... Team Reed or hashtag... Wait, who's... Ted. I forget your guys' name. Ted Sarandos. Oh. It just rolls Reed off is the a tongue. Better name. Reed... Okay, Reed Hastings is definitely a better name than Ted Sarandos. No. I don't even know how to spell Sarandos. Does it start with an S or a C? I didn't even know when I typed it into Google. I think it's S. Is it C-E-R-R-A-N-D-O-S? No. Is it S-A-R-A-N-D-O-S? Hastings, there's only one way. It's a famous battle in England, and there's only one way to spell it, and everybody knows it. Okay, when I think of Reed Hastings, here's what comes to mind. I think first, Reed. I think of a little baby because I think I have a cousin named Reed and he's a child. Well, that's your personal perspective. And then Hastings sounds, it makes me think of hash browns. So I think of a little child. What does that even mean? Eating hash browns. While watching Candyman and In the Heights the on The child Netflix. can't watch In the Heights. It's she really not watch Candyman either. Kids like candy. Oh my God. Okay. Anyways, Ryan, let's jump into the first trailer on today's Let's episode. just jump into it, will we? <laughs> it's Wonder Woman 1984. This oh. movie's, hopefully, we cross our fingers and our toes. Coming and our out arms, on October like 2nd. Wonder Woman does. Like her wrist. Oh, I thought you were going to do a Chadwick Boseman tribute No, right no, now. no. We're not doing like, that this, part. This timing is so off. No, because when she puts her hands up, like, yes, to but block but also R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. Anyways. Yes, this is our moving tribute. <laughs> um, in the arm. Uh, no, we're gonna get sued oh, by Sarah McLaughlin. No, I just adopted a dog. Don't do this to me, Sarah. Uh, October second. Hopefully, it's hitting theaters. I'm hoping that our theaters will be open in California 
by October? I think they will. Well, it's Unless we get another spike. As of right now, I think we're trending to like reopen those indoor businesses. All right. But Sidebar to COVID talk. Here's what I know. I think theaters are able to open now, but we have to wait. Like California, the state says we're okay, but, Cal- but San Diego, the county, says, hmm, I'm not sure yet. Okay. So we got one out of two thumbs up. Okay, we're waiting. So we're halfway there, folks. Once we get that other uh, Joaquin Phoenix thumb, uh, we'll be good. Why is it a Joaquin it's Phoenix It's because he played Commodus and Gladiator. Oh, the Gladiator gif. Okay, okay. That was a stupid reference. I was thinking... We're that... rolling with it. Joaquin he's not in anything we're talking about today. Never mind. Forget Joaquin. He's kind of related to, like, in my head because I thought Charlie Kaufman wrote her and he stars in her. Well, Joaquin Phoenix is also in Joker, which is another DC property and D- DC also owns Wonder Perfect. Woman. Perfect! Which we're talking about right now. October right. 2nd, you'll see it in theaters if they're open by then. Directed by Patty Jenkins, who directed the first Wonder Woman movie that came out a few years ago, as well as the movie where Charlize Theron plays a serial killer of monster. I haven't seen that. Is it good? I haven't seen it. I just know that Charlize Theron plays a serial killer. Well, I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, so... I don't think it is. Listener, beware... It stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, Pedro Pascal, and Robin Wright. And Ryan, what do you think this movie's about? This movie is all about Wonder Woman. You know, the Wonder Woman you love from the movie Wonder Woman? She's back, but this time it's the 80s. Uh, she's... What was it in the first movie? Like the 50s? It was World War One. The 40s? 40s. No, the four- that's yeah. not right. It was World War One. World I. War One's 1917. It was World War One though. So it was 1917? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because I remember because they like in the comics why did we both just think the World War 2 was World War 1 was in the 40s fuck <laughs> I'm not trying to be a history teacher I don't sorry know to that. Mr. Morgan my history teacher so, from high school but yeah I know it was World War 1 because they like had all the trench warfare and the big trench scene okay so now we're skipping 70 years ahead in time and she looks the same she's gorgeous so, baby to be fair so does Chris Pine Chris Pine but he died in the last what, one. How did they bring him back? I don't know. We don't is it a know. frozen thing? Is it is, it, is it Chris Evans and Chris Pine? They freeze him like they did Captain America? Oh, I thought when you said frozen thing. No, I was like, not Disney. I was like, what, who survived the death in the first movie Although, to show up in the second movie? No. No one. Is. No one dies in Frozen 1, except for her parents. But well, they, they of- are in Frozen 2. Okay. But it's not a flashback situation like Frozen 2. It's like a resurrection situation like Jesus. Okay. Um, so Chris Pine is in this movie, and we don't really know why, but Pedro Pascal is like, hey, I'm an evil bad guy, and I can give you anything you want. So maybe that ties into it. But then Kristen Wiig is like a nerdy girl, and she wants to be a badass cheetah. So she makes a wish and becomes uh, a member of the film Cats and fights Wonder Woman at the end of the trailer. But Wonder Woman is in a cool, glowy gold suit with wings. Gagado's suit at the end of this movie or at the end of the trailer, which I'm assuming is the end of the movie, but we'll see. It looks so dope. It does. My also, favorite the scene thing, where she's lassoing from the That's the best bolt. part yes. of the trailer. Also, I'm really excited for Kristen Wiig in this role. I think it's going to be really good. I think it's great casting um, because she, you know, she's known for her comedy and her stuff on like SNL and things like that, but it's really fun to see her in this role where she's, it's kind of like a, you know, like when Jim Carrey did the Riddler Mm. Or Danny DeVito doing Penguin, where it's like somebody that kind of does like, you know, over the top comedy, but does this thing where they're like now an outsider that turns instead of like, because I feel like comedians are people that are typically outsiders and they turn to comedy to make observations and like criticize like the outside world that they're like observing from the outside, right? But I think 
outsiders can also turn to like evil and like villainy and so i think there's always like an interesting choice to choose this role because i think it like shows that she's like this quiet introspective person that's instead of like instead takes this like villainous so do you think this is turn like mirroring Kristen wigg's real life no like will she become i think it's interesting choice to cast like a comedian into like a more villainous role instead of like to be like the comic relief like Chris Pine is the comic relief in this film. Yes, well, it's because they're <laughs> flipping the script. The first movie, Wonder Woman, was the fish out of water, but this time Chris Pine is because he's right. seventy years in the future and he doesn't understand parachute pants. So that means, so this this is to tell me that I feel like Chris Pine didn't like survive the first movie and then has lived until the eighties. No, he no, comes no. back and is kind of dropped from like the version of himself that was in like the nineteen tens or twenties or whatever from the first movie is dropped into the eighties, kind of like a Captain America situation yes exactly but wonder woman or diana prince has like lived through that time so she's like accustomed to yes. the era well yeah she because she's just been living her life but does nobody realize that she just doesn't die does she have to like create a new identity every like i don't know years or we'll whatever? have to figure it out it's probably like a vampire situation where she has to like move towns yeah after a couple of years because people think like hey we she's met when we older. were both 30 and you are still like i'm 50 now and you're still young looking yeah What's up with that? Interesting. And she just goes, I just use good moisturizer. And they go, oh, okay. But then she can only stay there. Then she can only be there for another two years because that's how long (laughs) dermatological cream lasts. 33 years. Well, I think it looks exciting. Um, Patty Jenkins did a great job directing the first Wonder Mm -hmm. Woman film. I think the first Wonder Woman film is one of the best DC properties that we've got in a while. Yeah. Um, I really like the first one. I really think this movie looks a lot of fun and I'm really excited for it. I'm excited... For this cast to be back, for this director to be back, to see what they're going to do in this different time period. Um, I'm kind of happy that it's not a sequel to Justice League, so we still have like a fun like t- period piece film. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be good. And I'm glad that they're waiting for this to go into theaters. I think this is a movie, especially in this time, like they could probably strike up a deal with Amazon and get it on Because she's on, from, like, she's an Amazonian. Or just because Jeff Bezos is rich as fuck and can do whatever he wants. But I think that uh, it'll be good to like see this movie on the big screen. It looks like a lot of the cinematography and the action and stuff like that will benefit from being on display in the theater. Yeah. And, I don't know, Warner Brothers doesn't want to lose money on this. They spent a lot of money on this. Oh, They're yeah. never going to make the same amount of money that they hoped for, I don't think, this year. Because people just yeah, aren't going to be going to the theaters. I think they're relying on this to but... be like their end of year, like mm-hmm. recoup as much money as they can off of this. Mm-hmm. Because I think the first one, Woman, got met with a lot of critical and like fan approval. Well, yeah, so I think they're expecting for this one to be very successful. I remember as well. the summer Wonder Woman came out. Like that was every only like that's all people were talking about that and like season seven of Game of Thrones. Um, but I don't know. I think Wonder Woman has aged better. Yeah, and I think the cool thing about Wonder Woman, I remember when the first one came out, is I saw it with my girlfriend and then another one of our friends who's female, and both my girlfriend and our friend like commented how they noticed how differently Wonder Woman was portrayed in this movie because it's directed by a female than like when there's female heroes are directed by men. And it's probably something that I don't pick up on as well because I'm a man and I'm not like used to like looking for the way that female bodies are like represented on screen. But I hope Patty Jenkins can do the same thing and bring like an empowering and like awesome representation of a powerful female to the screen in this movie as well. What we're saying is we're here for it. 
We might even go to the theater for it. Who knows? It depends on how safe we feel. By October of San Diego... Well, okay, so they just did the color thing, right? Purple is really bad, and then red, and then yellow. Where are we now? We're in the red right now. That sucks. But the red means, like, a lot of indoor stuff can happen. It just needs to be, like, dramatically modified and, like, reduced capacity. Purple is, like, everything has to be outside. Okay, okay. Stuff. So we're, like, getting to indoor. If we're, like, in the yellow by October... I'll feel good about. Going Are we to closer woman. to yellow or purple right now? I don't think it, it works like that. I think I, I don't think we can. I don't think the the tiers themselves aren't like sub tiered. I think we're either in the purple or in the red. But I feel like it's based on number of like cases. Well, right? it is, but I don't. I mean, so I don't doesn't know that mean range. it is kind of tiered? I don't know. I don't know. Is is red a new thing? Are we newly in the red? Well, the color thing is brand new. So yes, then. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I think we were in, we were at the number or at the level that would make us red longer than like before the colors even existed. So I think we're actually, we've actually been in the red, but we just didn't know it was called the red until we, they made the color. Okay. I say I'd be fine going to the theaters if we're at at least closer to green than we are to red, like in the yellow. That's why I said yellow. You just said yellow, but I want to be more than halfway done with yellow. Oh, like if you're in like... If you're like just crossed over into yellow, you wouldn't go. No, no, because that's oh, too close to red. No, no, I'm good, and I'm good in the yellow. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's like when you're at a yellow light. The theaters can open when we're in the red. By the time we get to yellow, we're fine. I we're don't chilling. know. This seems dangerous. I don't want to die, <laughs> Tyler. It's been nice knowing you, and I think this leads in great to our next trailer. I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> Because if you're going to the theaters, it sounds like you're thinking of ending things. <laughs> I'm thinking of everything's releases on September 4th on Netflix. It's written and directed by Charlie Kaufman, who's done films such as Anomalisa and Synecdoche, New York. It stars Jesse Plemons, Jesse Buckley, Tony Collette, and David Thewlis. And hey, he movie... was in Wonder Woman. Was he? He was the villain. Oh, I, I, I don't know who that man is, but okay. He was in Harry Potter. He's a... Sorry to this man. He's... What's his name? Lupin. Lupin? Yeah. Oh, okay. I know him. And then he's Ares in Wonder right, Woman. Right, that's right. And now he's... I didn't recognize him in the... Uh, he looks old in I'm this movie. I'm thinking trailer. But everybody, like, changes. That's, like, part of the trailer, I guess. Uh-huh. What's this movie all about, Tyler? This movie looks wild. It stars Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons as, like, a couple who are going to visit Jesse Plemons' parents. Jesse Plemons, you know him. He's a meth he's Damon. He's meth Damon from Breaking Bad. And he's, like, and in he's Friday in Night Lights Foster. and Fargo and all this stuff. That sort of Black Mirror that's, like, the Star Trek parody. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jesse Buckley... She was in Chernobyl and oh, some yeah. other stuff. I didn't recognize her. She kind of looks like an older version of uh, who's that girl? Maybe from Arrested Development. Aaliyah Shockart? Yeah, I think she looks like Aaliyah Shockart a little bit. Well, maybe an older version of young Aaliyah Shockart, but I don't think she looks like current day Aaliyah Shockart. Sure. She looks like an older version of Aaliyah Shawkat okay. from the first season of Arrested Development. Yeah, so it's like when you're playing Pokemon and there's a branched evolution line. Ah, uh, okay. It's like that. One goes to Jesse Buckley and one goes to modern po- day Aaliyah. Modern Aaliyah. <laughs> okay, I, I like it. Anyway, so they're going to visit his parents, but then like Jesse Buckley's character is like, eh, he's fine, but I don't know if I want to be in this relationship anymore. So we get kind of her inner monologue and she's like, he's nice enough, but... I'm thinking of, like, ending this relationship, right? And that's where I'm thinking of ending things come in. It's not like she wants to kill herself, which I thought... Ryan thought it was a suicide movie. I thought it was. I was really worried when Tyler said we should do this one. And I was like, we want to do a suicide movie. It seems kind of a downer. But I'm way more into doing a breakup horror movie. Yeah. And so then they get to the parents' house. And then, like, things just go weird. Like, she thinks she's seeing, like, pictures of herself on the parents' walls. And, like, 
she's seeing like weird like older versions of the parents and then like younger versions of her boyfriend there's like weird things mm-hmm. that are happening the weird thing is also like when you look at the picture it looks like it could either be young jesse plemons or jesse buckley like they did a good job like it's weird that they kind of look like yeah that, that could happen yeah and then like there's this kind of overarching like uh narration or whatever of the trailer where she's talking about this theory where like people think that we are like people and we like travel through time in a forward direction but other people think that like people are like solitary things and time like passes through us and so it's i don't know it's a time travel movie but it's definitely like a trippy like psychological Mm -hmm. and existential look on like familial and interpersonal relationships with her the dynamic between her and Jesse Plemons, and then the dynamic between the two of them and the parents as well. And the parents are kind of creepy throughout this whole movie. They like, they're like really excited she's there, but like she's not reciprocating that same like enthusiasm. And neither is Jesse Plemons. He's just kind of like there in the corner. Yeah. And like I don't know, the whole trailer is undertoned by like uh, creepy music, which like gives it a whole other mm-hmm. like tone of like anxiety and anticipation. And like the first thing that happens when she walks in the house is like the dog greets her and the dog's wet from being outside and it does oh, that like yeah. shaky thing that the dog does to get rid of water. But then it just like keeps going forever. Like it's shaking for like almost through the whole trailer. And it's like really weird. Like you can hear the sound of it in the background of the whole trailer. So it's like all these weird things where it's like, I think Charlie Kaufman, this speaks to his style. is like choices either about the visuals or about the sound design or whatever that are like intentionally irritating or weird like unexpected to create that like uneasy feeling Mm -hmm. and it reminds me a little bit of midsummer where it was like oh like this is a horror movie but it's also like entrenched in like the interpersonal dynamic between these characters and it's not about like scaring you of like monsters and things popping out at you from candy man but it's like Things are happening in broad daylight, but they're just really weird and off-putting. And, like, the camera will pan and you'll think you'll see something in the background and it's not there. Mm-hmm. And then it looks different than you thought it did in the first place. And just all those different little trickery things, which I think is really interesting. That's a, I'm a fan of that type of horror, or at least horror movies that do this type of thing. Because it's, like, easy to kind of get a scare out of someone by, like, popping something into frame. But it's a lot more artistic and masterful, I think, to, like, create a sense of, like, eeriness mm-hmm. and unusual like feeling in your audience by doing this type of stuff yeah this type of horror is more like making you feel tense the entire time where like the other type of horror you were talking about tries to lull you into like a sense of like security to just to shock you you over the head so you're like jumping and but this is more about like making you be tense and anxious the whole time Mm -hmm. which is like just a different type of psychological because this isn't like something i'd ever think charlie kaufman would do because his films are not horror films, you know? His films are just more heady, like, think pieces. But they are, like, introspective yeah. and very, like, comment on the nature of, like, relationships and people's, like, dynamics between mm-hmm. others. And so... So I think that will be done really yeah. well in this film. Um, and from the trailer, it looks like the horror aspect, like, it's working. Yeah. But I'm just worried that, like, is, like, this horror tone something Charlie Kaufman can sustain the mm-hmm. whole movie, like, the way an Ari Aster does? Yeah, and maybe the horror isn't so much, like, the point of the movie. Like, maybe the, the plot of the movie isn't necessarily a horror, but it's more about indicating, like, um, it's a manifestation, I think, maybe, of Jesse Buckley's character, like, this weird anxiety and tension you would feel going to visit the parents of somebody that you're just planning on breaking up with. And I think it's more about, like, manifesting a person's, like, inner emotion and anxiety in, like the tone of the entire film because i think that that is like very commonly something 
that directors struggle with is how do I portray what this person is thinking and feeling on screen? You can mm-hmm. do it through narr- narration and say it, but that doesn't really like convey the depth of the emotion. And so I think Charlie Kaufman is trying to take this and say, let's use all the things that we have, the sound and the visuals and everything that's going on to create this tension and this anxiety that this character is probably feeling in this situation. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I'm really excited by this approach. I think it'll be interesting. Even if it is more of like a horror type of plot too, I'd be cool with that too. I don't know what the... Yeah, David Thewlis and Tony Collette get all old and... <laughs> I don't know what the goal of the plot is, where it's going, but... I I'm... I mean, who knows? Maybe by the end of the movie, it is a suicide thing. Could be. I don't know. I don't know. I, mean... I don't want to get old like creepy Tony Collette. I'm just going to fucking end things. <laughs> oh, I'm so... Well, Tyler has another 30 years, 32 if he uses the dermatological cream. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think the trailer does a great job conveying this tone. And honestly, like I didn't know that much about it. I watched the trailer for the first time prepping for this podcast and it made me want to watch the film. So mm-hmm. I think it did a good job of, the, of doing its job as a trailer. The interesting thing about this, and our listeners might have been confused of us trying to do this podcast-wise, is it stars Jesse Plemons and Jesse Buckley. And so if we're talking about Jesse and Jesse... It gets a little bit confusing of who we're talking about. And then about. Jesse Plemons was in Breaking Bad with a character named Jesse. That's true. I didn't even think of that connection. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this ties into the game we're playing on this podcast. And then Jesse, like this movie's on Netflix and Big Mouth is on Netflix and there's a character in Big Mouth named Jesse. Wow. Well, here's what we're going to try and do. Ryan and I have each chosen two actors or actresses that share a name. Like Jesse and Jesse. Jesse Plemons and Jesse Buckley. And Jesse Pinkman. They're connected through them both starring in this movie i'm thinking of ending things what we've tried to do is each of us have taken these four pairs of names and created our own flow of connection from one actor to the other it's like the six degrees of kevin bacon game yeah yeah super fun everyone knows it you play it all the time with your families over the dinner table the the trick to this though is ryan and i are only connecting through movies appearances in television shows or other media don't count we're just trying to do actors to films so this person started in this film with this other actor who was in this film with another actor who was in this film with eventually the actor that shares a name with that person we started with exactly and so ryan and i have independently created our flows we are going to tell them to each other and we'll see who has done it in the fewest moves our first pair of names, Ryan, Yes, is John Travolta and John Cena. Oh, this is the so John, John Travolta, a very famous actor. He's like become, you were saying that like oh, both these actors have kind of become memes at this point. John Travolta is known for like Grease and Pulp Fiction and good movies at the beginning of his career. And then he just now did freaking Fanatic or whatever. And weird stuff. Like, I think John Cena's career is going the other way. He was yeah. in like weird WrestleMania movies and now he's doing like pretty good comedy movies. Except Playing With Fire was probably terrible we talked about it on the podcast i don't know go back and watch it it's the jexy episode <laughs> but yeah i agree with that but let's see how we can connect them all right ryan how do you connect john travolta to john cena okay well obviously we gotta start with john travolta he's in face off with nicholas cage uh-huh nicholas cage is in the crudes with emma stone emma stone is in Zombieland with woody harrelson okay woody harrelson is in the edge of 17 with Haley steinfield Who's in Bumblebee, and uh-huh. John Cena's in Bumblebee. Okay, so how many moves is that? Nine. Are you sure? Uh, okay, do, do it more time. Okay. So start with John Travolta. Travolta to face-off to Cage. Well, face-off and... So that's one move. John Travolta is in face-off with Nicolas Cage. That's one move. Okay, and then Nicolas Cage is in the Croods. With Emma Stone. With Emma Stone. That's oh, two moves. Oh, okay. So this is less moves than I thought. Uh-huh. Okay, then Emma Stone is in Zombieland with Woody Harrelson. Three moves. Woody Harrelson is in Edge of Seventeen with Haley Steinfeld. Four moves. And Haley Steinfeld is in Bumblebee with 
John Cena. That's the fifth and final move. So five, not five nine. Moves. Wow. That's pretty good. I, I think that. five moves is like respectable. Nice, nice. I can do mine in what I think is two moves. What? John Travolta is the voice of Bolt. He is. The animated in Bolt movie. In, yeah, in Bolt. Bolt, obviously, you know, Miley Cyrus is the voice of the girl, but somebody else plays the the voice of the younger version of Young that girl. Young girl? It's Chloe Grace Moretz. From Kick-Ass? So John Travolta's in Bolt with Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz. Chloe Grace Moretz is in Neighbors 2, which also stars Ike Barinholtz. Oh, I and see And Ike Barinholtz is in Blockers with John Cena. Ah. So I think that's two moves. John Travolta, Bolt with Chloe Grace Moretz. That's one. That's one. Neighbors 2 with Ike Barinholtz. That's 2. But then that's oh, 3. Blockers John Cena. That's 3, three moves. moves. 3 moves. All right. All right. So, so Ty- I won the John round. Tyler's got a positive 2 score right now. All right. I don't know. You have maybe, two more Maybe maybe we score it like golf. We'll keep track of how many moves we've each done and then we're figuring the this out score, as we go. The lowest along. score wins at the end. So I'm going to say I did 3 moves. And I've got 5. Next Round. We're doing Jamie Foxx. This one's fun because it crosses genders. Jamie, Jamie Foxx Fox to Jamie Lee Curtis. How'd you do it, Tyler? All right. Well, I well, I can do it backwards, I guess. But I started with Jamie Lee Curtis. That's wrong. You gotta go the other way. Flip it. It's better if I go the other way because there's an unexpected move that happens to get out of okay, Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. Fine. We'll do it. For no, the no, no. I'm saying purposes. it's better if I start with Jamie Foxx instead. Oh, never mind. We're doing it the way I wanted to do it originally. All right. So Jamie Foxx is in the movie Jarhead. Jarhead also stars Jake Gyllenhaal. So that's one move. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's also in the movie End of Watch with Michael Pena. That's two moves. Michael Pena's also in Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Oh, he is. With Eugenio Derbez. That's three moves. Eugenio Derbez is also in Beverly Hills Chihuahua. He is. With Jamie Lee Curtis. They're in Be- I didn't know either of them were <laughs> Me neither, but they are. Is that four or five That's four moves, moves I think. But, so here's how I wrote it. Jamie Lee Curtis to Beverly Hills Chihuahua slash Eugenio Derbez. That's, that's one. one. Eugenio Derbez to Door in the Lost City of Gold with Michael Pena. That's two. Michael Pena to Jake Gyllenhaal in End of Watch. That's three. And Jake Gyllenhaal into Jarhead with Jamie Foxx. That's four. Okay, so four moves for you. Okay. How'd you connect Jamie Foxx to Jamie Lee Curtis? Okay, so I just watched this movie last night. So I know Jamie Foxx is in Project Power with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in h2o halloween 20 years later he with is jamie, apparently with jamie lee curtis wow i was thinking if you could connect through a halloween movie but i did not know i was trying to think of like big names that were in those movies i didn't know joseph gordon levitt was in that one uh he is that's a good halloween movie i haven't seen it i mean i don't think it's canon now i mean with the reboot it's whatever canon is whatever you want it to be it's those. a good one so is that two moves then um let's see jamie lee or uh, jamie fox project power justin gordon levitt mm-hmm. Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, two moves. Two moves. Well done. So I'm at a total of seven. No. You're at what? Seven as well? I have, yeah, four and three. I'm at seven. We're tied Oh, right we're now. tied. Okay. All right, Ryan, our next pair was two Jessicas. We got Jessica Alba and Jessica Chastain. How'd you connect them? Okay. Jessica Alba is in Fantastic Four with Chris Evans. Uh-huh. Chris Evans is in The Avengers with Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, okay. Samuel L. Jackson is in Glass with James McAvoy. Okay. James McAvoy is in It Chapter 2 with Jessica Justine. That's great. I have the same first move as you. Actually, first two moves, but I can do it quicker. 
What? Jessica Alba's in Fantastic, Fantastic Four with Chris Evans, who's in the, in the Avengers with Chris Hemsworth, who's in the Huntsman Winter's War with Jessica Chastain. I didn't know Jessica Chastain was in that Huntsman movie. Yeah, Jessica Chastain and Charlize Theron were the add-ons in the sequel. I, I knew Charlize Theron. I didn't know about Jessica Chastain. Yep, they're both in there. So I have... That was four for me, right? And you and have two I did three, three moves. Three? Okay. Yeah. So now you're winning by one, and it all comes down yep. to this. It all comes down to this. The mics. Michael Caine to Michael, Michael B. Jordan. Jordan. Go, Ryan. Okay, Michael Caine is in Batman Begins uh-huh. with Liam Neeson. Uh-huh. That's one. Liam Neeson is in Men in Black International with Chris Hemsworth. That's two. Chris Hemsworth is in Avengers Infinity War with Chadwick Boseman. That's three. And Chadwick Boseman is in Black Panther with Michael B. Jordan. That's four. Very well done, but I've got you beat. No. Two moves. Here we go. Michael Caine is in The Prestige. Guess who co-stars in The Prestige? Andy Serkis, who is in Black Panther with Michael B. Jordan. No! Two moves! Oh, I should have gone to Avengers Age of Ultron. Not Avengers what, Infinity War. What would have given you... What would have Ultron given you? Andy Serkis. <laughs> <laughs> wait, it's the same amount of moves if I went that way. Yeah, no, you're... you're uh, what'd you, wait, what'd you... Michael, can, can, The Prestige gave you Andy Serkis. You I didn't go didn't... to The Prestige. I went to Batman Begins. Oh, oh, oh see, I... I knew it had to be through a Nolan film. Yes. And I just had to go through the Nolan films and figure out which one was going to give me the fastest path to Black Panther. Yeah, I was like... Black what? Panther or... I, I thought maybe there was a universe in which Michael Caine was in the movie with <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> For Creed. And we could have gone through Creed, but I don't think Michael Caine ever shares a screen with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, and I don't know how, uh, how we could get Michael Caine connected to the Josh Train Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is he in any movies with... Uh, what's his name? Alright, so that gave me a, a final score of 12. Ryan, how many moves was your final score? Oh, I just know it was less than yours. I stopped counting after you oh, beat me. Well, <laughs> that was good though. That was fun. You did a good job. It was honorable. And I respect you as a competitor. Thank you. I respect you in general. Which means I, I win. I only respect you in terms of this I game. win the respect <laughs> game. Which is more important. So I win, because I, I won the more important game. All right, all right. But I still respect you, even in the respect <laughs> game. <laughs> all right, let's move on to our third trailer of the episode. This is The Devil All the Time, coming to Netflix oh. on September 16th from director Antonio Campos, who's directed films we've never seen or heard of, Christine and Simon Killer. Those are movies he has directed, I've heard. <laughs> but I haven't heard of those movies. Well, I mean, I heard of them when you just told them to me now. Okay. It stars Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, Riley Keough, Jason Clark, Sebastian Stan, Mia Wasikowska, and Robert Pattinson. Okay, guys. This movie... What, what's the deal with this movie? Here we go. I watched a trailer. I don't really know that I absorbed what's what happening. Here's what I think is happening. The trailer is... Go- it's more of a tone trailer than it is a plot oh, trailer. Oh, absolutely. It's like, I don't know, the 1930s or some shit. Uh, Tom Holland... Is there? I, I read that it takes place over like a long period of time. Well, I so think it, it has takes to do place with, like, over a long period. The of time. sins of Tom Holland's like father and grandfather, and how they've like transpired and like affected other people throughout a period of time. So what I'm getting from this movie is Tom Holland is there, and he's like I don't know, a young buck, whatever Tom Holland's real age is, that age, like in his twenties, and it's his birthday, and his uncle gives him a gun that belonged to his dad who died in the war. I'm guessing World War II, but it could be a different war. And then Tom Holland goes to church and sees Robert Pattinson and realizes that, like, Robert Pattinson, the preacher, is actually, like, a corrupt sinner and, like, everybody in positions of power is corrupt and, like, Sebastian Stan is a cop who's probably corrupt 
And then Tom Holland takes it on himself to be like a vigilante and take care of this shit. That's that's what I think is going to happen in this movie. Yeah, I definitely see the like Tom Holland going vigilante vibe. But I think it's like, what I got from the trailer is this film's all about like the sins that occur within this like small tight-knit community like it's this little podunk town a little one-room church house that ron pattinson's the preacher of but then like there's this photographer that like looks like he takes like like pictures of unsuspecting women in like compromising positions and like sebastian stands the cop that seems like he's corrupt or something in Mm -hmm. some way robert pattinson's like the preacher but is secretly like doing things that are hypocritical for a, a christian preacher to be doing and so tom holland's like embroiled in this like affair of like things happening by people that are in power people that should be better people doing things that are not so great people do and -hmm. it's kind of all about him caught up in this like moral and legalistic battle of like like what do i do when the people in power are corrupt yeah and like how do i take care of that do i take it into my own hands like what do i allow my my family and the people that are suffering at the hands of these people Mm -hmm. to continue to suffer Mm mm-hmm and, like, I'm from a line of people that probably has done shitty things. Yeah. And does that, like, does the sins of my father, like, count against me? Yeah. So I think there's going to be a lot of, like, moralistic and, like, religious imagery and th- thematics to this mm-hmm. film. But, yeah, the trailer is very unclear on, like, the direct plot of, like, mm-hmm. point A to point B that this movie's like, going. And it's definitely more about, like, look at the different ways in which, like, Tom Holland has to confront, like, immorality, basically. Yeah. It looks interesting, and it looks like it'll definitely be, like, a movie that is worth talking about, maybe. But it doesn't look like it's something that, you know, is going to, like, get everyone's attention, and you're going to go, like, have everyone talking about it on Twitter the next day. Yeah, exactly. It's it, not, like, a flashy It feels very, power. like, indie darling, kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, like, not a lot of people heard about this movie, but guess what? It speaks a lot. Like, there'll be, like, one or two articles, like you know, the the best movies you missed this year or whatever type of thing. Yeah. I'm predicting, like, it's going to be on that sort of list. Even though, like, what's kind of running contrary to that for me is, like, it's got big names, like Tom Holland. And, like, it, it seems like it's trying to pull people in with the star power. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that will get more attention paid to it and more people will love it. Or people are going to be looking for it to be good because it's got big names attached to it. And then they'll be like, eh, it was fine. Or they're going to be thinking like, oh, it's got Tom Holland, who's Spider-Man, and Robert Pattinson, who's going to be Batman. It's going to be it's like Bastion a fun... Stan, who's, who's the Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. It's going to be a fun like action movie, like a quippy Marvel movie, and it doesn't look like that at all. Yeah. So I feel like uh, a lot of people will be disappointed by this yeah. movie. What it kind of reminded me of a little bit, um, not exactly in terms of tone, but Three, three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri was all kind mm-hmm. of about like, the sins of this small community, right? Like... The, the cops aren't aren't doing what they can to solve this crime. There's, like, racist business owners. This mom thinks she's, like, the vigilant to take care of things, but she's also, like, breaking bones in her wake and mm-hmm. not being the best person. And so I think it's kind of analogous to that. In my head, that's what I most related it to was, like, this thing where, like, what do you do in a society and a culture there? Like, things are already broken. Do you continue to break things more to try and rectify the wrongs that have occurred? Interesting. Kind of thing. Interesting. Um... Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, the thing that I thought of the most when I saw this trailer was the trailer for, like, I don't know, Motherless Brooklyn. I think it's because they have accents and it's a timepiece. <laughs> um, and that this movie kind of looks like, you know, if it was, like, released in theaters, like, it would have been, like, an Oscar-baity film. Um, but it's being released on Netflix in, ah, uh, September. 
So maybe not Oscar bait, but it looks like it had the potential to be, which yeah. I thought Motherless Brooklyn was. Yeah, and I think this one was originally going to Netflix. I don't think it no, was no, a no. theatrical release yeah. that pivoted. Exactly. I think that it, this was meant to land on Netflix. So it could be that Netflix is trying... So was the Charlie Kaufman one, which we just talked mm-hmm. about. So it could be that Netflix is trying to acquire these movies that they think are like more like critical darlings. Mm-hmm. Well, it's um, because Netflix movies have like this uh, stigma around them that they're like made-for-TV schlock. Definitely. Like, uh, Project Power. Or um, <laughs> The Kissing Booth Part 2. Yeah. You know? Like things that are just like... Uh, watch in an afternoon and like forget about uh, the only thing that stands out about them is like A-list actors in like C-tier movies. Yeah. But these movies look a little different like they're trying to be something more like bring the prestige that some of these actors have with their weight or in the case of I'm thinking of leaving you Charlie Kaufman has and bringing them to their platform. Yeah and I think it's cool that Netflix is diversifying like there's they're truly trying to be something for everybody. You can Put on, like, Spencer Confidential, which is just a dumb, like, Mark Wahlberg movie that Post Malone is in for some reason, and you can have it, like, in the background while you're, like, doing other shit around the house. Mm-hmm. Or you can sit down and try and engage with, like, a film that is very, like, kind of heady and thematic, mm-hmm. like, I'm thinking of ending things, or... The Devil All the, the Devil Time. All the Time. And so I think that it's cool that they're trying to diversify their platform with yeah. these types of films. Um, I hope it's good, because I think the one thing that we need less of, for sure, besides, like stupid like the other fodder that's on netflix is like movies that pretend to be heavy and thematic that aren't really that way and so i hope that it's like a quality film and not just like uh, mm-hmm. we tried to pull this thing we're off, hoping but for it, it doesn't really land more of like a gangs of new york and not a uh what was that ansel elegort movie last year the goldfinch oh yes yeah <laughs> absolutely but anyway that's the uh what is this the devil, the devil all the time, time. <laughs> <laughs> um speaking of the devil <laughs> Enola Holmes. This is Ryan's awful transition episode. Okay. A few episodes back, if you look, <laughs> we have the perfect transition episode. This right here, I'm dubbing okay. an awful transition episode. Here's why. Because Enola Holmes stars Millie Bobby Brown, who's in okay. Stranger Things. And you know what's strange? The devil. I thought you were going to try and like, connect it to like Lucifer or something. That's like on Netflix show. too. Okay, and Enola Holmes is coming to Netflix. Here we go. Yes, but it's an acquired Netflix film. It wasn't made for Netflix. <laughs> Enola Holmes was meant to be a theatrical release, but now it's coming to Netflix on September 23rd. It's directed by Harry Bradbeer, who hasn't done any films, but he's directed several episodes of the critically acclaimed series Fleabag and Killing Eve. I wonder if he just like has a connection with Phoebe Waller-Bridge, because she's seems like, like the it. showrunner of both of those shows. Yeah. Did, but she's not in this movie, so like, what the fuck? No, and uh, she totally could be. She could be Enola. But they cast Millie Bobby Brown instead. Hmm. You know who else they cast? Uh, Henry Cavill, <laughs> Sam Claflin, Helena Bottom Carter, and Fiona Shaw. You did know. I do, because it's on our sheet. On our uh, script here, yeah. So, <laughs> this movie, Tyler, uh, what does it look like? How does it feel? What you getting? It's like a weird, like, the tone of this film, of the trailer at least, was very weird. I'm going to chalk it up to a weird trailer edit and not... I'm pretty sure it is a weird, weird edit. Um, because of like the song, what is the song? I don't remember. It's some like alternative rock song. And I feel like what happened was like, they were trying to figure out how to cut a trailer for this where it was like a theatrical release and then Netflix got it and the Netflix was just like, oh, we'll like cut a trailer together because it looks like, like, it looks like they were trying to cut a trailer for like a teen movie because they know that like Millie Bobby Brown is like popular Mm -hmm. with like the Gen Z and they're trying to like cut this out with like, and get the people that watch like the kissing booth to watch this. Uh Um, I think it looks better than, like, that type of movie, but we'll see. <laughs> well, uh, the plot of this movie kind of looks like 
Millie Bobby Brown is the younger sibling of, you know, world famous Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. and Moriot, uh, Mycroft. Mycroft Holmes. And they're off doing their own thing as adults, but she's like still Millie Bobby Brown age, teenager. Yeah, and she's hanging at home with their, Mommy like, Fiona palace. Shaw. No, Helena Bottom Carter's oh, the mom. Oh, where is Fiona Shaw in this trailer? I don't know, I I wanted her to be the mom. Warren's just looking dejected and sad. But anyway. Why your silence doesn't convey <laughs> on the podcast. It would have been a great gag if we had this in visual medium. <laughs> um, you know, preview review the TV show coming 2030. <laughs> when we get picked up by Viacom CBS. Ooh, I'm ready. Just like Krasinski. Ah, yes. Some good news. Some good trailers. Some good trailers. We're going to change the name. It'll be on TV. (laughs) It'll be just like old days of Access Hollywood and like Entertainment Tonight. Those shows are still on TV. I know, but I don't watch them anymore. (laughs) I'd watch our show. Anyways, Billy Bobby Brown is at home with Helena Bottom Carter, but then, (gasps) gasp, the mom, she disappears. No one knows where she is. Just like Fiona Shaw in this trailer. <laughs> so where she is goes, she? She goes to Sherlock and Mycroft and she's like, help me Who's find Sherlock? mom. And they're like, Henry Cavill, Sherlock, and Sam Claflin's Mycroft. Thank you. I needed to know that. She goes to, to them that. and she's like, help me find mom. And they're like, uh, we're going to put you in boarding school instead. Because that's an <laughs> yeah. appropriate response. It's fucking weird, dude. Maybe, maybe what they say is they're like, we'll look for mom, but you, st- you go to school because you need to learn. Like, and you're a child. You're not ready to go on our like detective adventures yet. Because no, I is Minecraft do... a detective? I don't know. Minecraft is like super smart. Okay, so maybe they're like, we'll go find mom, you go to school. And then she's like, nah. Millie Bobby Brown sneaks out of the school and she decides, I'm going to be the one that goes to find mom. Yeah, she runs away. Uh, but Minecraft and Sherlock are... Like, it also seems like they want to find her, but then they're also like, eh, mom just kind of leaves sometimes. So maybe she'll come <laughs> back. And they don't really care. And they're just like, you should go learn things, child. She's like, I want to be the protagonist. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's kind of just like, it seems like a very like teen, like Sherlock adaptation where it's like, hey, what if Sherlock was young and a girl? Even though Enola <laughs> Holmes is like a canonical Sherlock character, like she's not used in much Sherlock medium. Like, and they're still doing the traditional stuff where like, oh, look, she's going to like solve this like word puzzle or... Oh, mm-hmm. look, she can do, like, hand-to-hand combat. So they're trying to do the same type of stuff where mm-hmm. it's, like, basically, like, I think this is the, the like, crux of Sherlock's character is, like, it's this kind of person that's somewhat unsuspecting but can do incredible things with his mind or his body that you wouldn't expect him to do. Yeah. And it's kind of doing the same thing with Enola, who's, like, especially in this, like, Victorian society because it's set in the time period. Of yeah, it's Sherlock. not one of those modern Sherlock no. remakes, like, elementary. Yeah. It's set in the Victorian time period, and so especially for them, like, a woman and let alone like an underage like young woman was probably like not very like didn't nobody really had high expectations for their autonomy you and never their power. hear about the old-timey women detectives yeah like that society didn't value young women very much at all so it seems like a very like i'm gonna like kind of be subversive and i'm gonna she says like i'm gonna transform myself into like a lady and pretend to be like not very assuming and mm-hmm. autonomous, but then secretly be, like, solving this yeah. mystery. Because it seems like that line made me think, like, she had been, like, more tomboyish and more, like, I'm gonna go and, like, be powerful and, yeah. like, have an identity. Like, but then, she, like, people don't like that, so she's gonna become unassuming so she can do that better. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, because... Being, it's like a reverse Mulan. Yeah, like, choosing to, like, stick out and do things like kind of fuck the haters or whatever was, like, letting her... That's the tagline like of the movie. making her stand out. And so, in order to go far and solve this mystery, she kind of has to, like, become this chameleon mm-hmm. and blend into the society. Put on a but red dress. But then she can still, like, solve the mysteries and fight the bad guys when she has to to, like, get to the end and, and find the mom. I don't know. I'm find assuming that's mom. what happens. Maybe Fiona Shaw took mom. Maybe Fiona Shaw... If Fiona Shaw was a villain, I'd be pretty interested. It'd be cool. Yeah. That's where Fiona Shaw was. Because we don't know where mom is. She's with Fiona Shaw. Because we don't know where she is. Maybe they're secret lovers. I don't want Anola to roll up on that. (laughs) She's like, oh no! Mom's engaged in cunnilingus? I was just on a vacay (laughs) with my lover, Fiona Shaw. (laughs) Sorry. Oh no, I forgot to leave a note. And that's why you always that's, leave a note. That's why you always leave a note. Well, this movie, I don't know. It seems like it could be a fun premise. I'm confused by the tone of the trailer. Um, but we're just chalking that up to poor trailer marketing. It, 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 what, what's this phrase? Is it like a PG it's movie? It's a PG-13 at the end. So I, I would assume that this they're trying to, from the way the trailer's like edited, trying to chalk this up to like a family movie. But mm-hmm. if it's PG-13, it's kind of like for like... Older teens and adults. Well, I don't so, know. You can take know. a kid to a PG thirteen movie. I these mean, days. yes, but it's not like uh, they're not, they're not trying to like do little it. You know what I mean? That's, like, that's true. Like what I'm saying, like that's the vibe I get. And it, if it's PG thirteen, it's like not that vibe. It's true. In PG thirteen, maybe kids it is. Cry when Spider Man dies. <laughs> oh my god! I just that's all I remember from Infinity War the theater. Just a little boy in a Spider Man costume crying, leaving the theater. Oh no! He didn't even finish the movie. As soon as he dusted, he was gone. <laughs> They both dusted <laughs> on screen Spider Man and Little Boy Spider Man. But this is yet another like Sherlock Holmes adaptation. Like, why are we getting so many? In, because like, my he's last in the time? public domain. Oh, so they don't have to pay anything. No, we could make a Sherlock movie and no one could sue us. <laughs> I'll be Moriarty. Ooh. And Fiona Shaw can be Sherlock. She, Fiona Shaw, she's not even in this trailer. She's not going to show up for our movie. <laughs> That's why she's not in the trailer. She's in our movie. So now we have the entry of Henry Cavill into the modern Sherlock Holmes canon, Mythos. Right? Maybe, do you think Henry Cavill will ever revisit this role? Or is it just Enola? Maybe they'll make an Enola 2 when he'll show up. Will they ever think... make like a just a Henry Cavill Sherlock movie? It all depends on how well this movie is received. Maybe. I like Henry Cavill, Sri Lanka. He looks very nice. Well, I like Henry Cavill. Yeah. Like, he's in that movie, um, The Man from Uncle. He's pretty good in that. Yeah, he's good in that with Army Hammer. He's in Mission Impossible 6. Yes, he is. The best he Mission Impossible. Arms. Yeah. When he goes to he's somewhere. a great character in that film. He's a good character actor to be, like, kind of this, like... He's in Superman. Like, kind of the heavy a little bit, I think he sometimes is. Oh, that's totally and, him in Mission Impossible. And... And Sherlock, he is he's Sherlock's the heavy in this movie. It's it kind a, of. It's, an intellectual it's, a, heavy. it's a different vibe for Sherlock here. Because here he's like, <laughs> child. It's kind of young gentleman Sherlock. He's not the advanced, like, but he. It, she does say that he's the world famous detective at this point. So I don't know. Well, or is she just very talking to us because we know him as world famous? Ooh, I don't know. Fourth wall breaking. That's Whoa. another unpredictable element of this film. Enola Holmes is just meta. young girl Deadpool. But aside from Henry Cavill, of course, we have the current entries into the modern canon. Benedict Cumberbatch is Sherlock oh, in the from BBC the, series. The, that show. I watched it all. I enjoyed it. I've seen the first few seasons. The first two seasons are definitely better than the last two seasons. Yeah. And then, of course, the Robert Downey Jr. Movies. Sherlock Holmes from... They're yeah, making a third one, apparently. Are they really? Yeah, Was but... the second one, like, 
Book of Shadows or something? Game of Shadows. Game of Shadows. Book of Shadows is National, National Treasure. Treasure. So anyways, yeah. So that those are like kind of the big three, I think, at this point. We got well, what about uh, Will Ferrell? Oh my gosh, I forgot Holmes and Watson. <laughs> no one liked it, but we did. <laughs> it was... I mean, I had a good time with it. We had fun. It was like... It's the, a fun movie for us to go watch like the 10 p.m. showtime of. And exactly. that's what we did. <laughs> it's the dog days of Sherlock Holmes movies. <laughs> it is. But anyways, I think those are like the three most famous right now. Robert Downey Jr., we know kind of his Sherlock shtick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is kind of that like well, the he's modern, modern day, day. And kind of the, like contemplative brooding, like weird He's also the one style. I've seen do the most heroin. Not been into Cumberbatch, okay. but like that's a part of the character, but you don't usually see that adapted. But right. like Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock is like fucked up all the time. <laughs> and and not Henry Cavill, which we don't know that much about except for I don't uh, even know if he does Cavill. heroin. Nope. Maybe that's the only reason it's PG thirteen. The rest of it's a kids movie, but then there's like a five minute scene of him <laughs> a just gratuitous. like gnarly, like doing like fucking breaking bad level like, heroin. Grabbing like scene. a rubber band. Yeah, that like arm. rubber shit fuck. Damn, I don't want to see Henry Cavill shoot up. <laughs> no, they for some reason none of the like people screening the movie were like cut that scene out. They all loved it. Everybody, everybody. Because <laughs> they got to see his bulging biceps. <laughs> oh, it's just a like a like a body glorification. He's like scene. uh like what's it Henry, called? I would watch five minutes of Henry Cavill shooting heroin shirtless. I would not. I, mean, <laughs> I I love him too much. Don't you know, do that to your body. It's just a character choice. It's not real. But what if he's method now? <laughs> he's just shooting heroin on set. <laughs> Keep Millie away from freaking. <laughs> we all know child stars Every... have the tendency to turn to drugs. Oh no. And she's in a Sherlock Holmes adaptation. <laughs> Millie dealt all, Henry all his heroin. Oh fuck. Anyways, this transitions nicely to the game that we're playing. Oh, that... Which is which Sherlock? Which Sherlock would you most want to shoot heroin with? With? I don't want to put that in my body. <laughs> no, no. no, that's not a question. But the way this game is played is Ryan and I will each ask each other a question. Which of these three Sherlock... Actor boys? Portrayals, I guess. Well, because the question is not the actor. Like, we're not talking about Benedict Cumberbatch versus Robert Downey Jr. versus Henry Cavill. We're talking about Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock versus Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock versus Henry Cavill's Sherlock. Okay. So, so there's... which Sherlock would you most want to blank my blank and then we'll have to Blank my blank? Explain our blank blank blank. Oh, blank blank blank. Triple yeah. blank. Nice. Okay. So, like, an example would be which Sherlock would you rather, like, kiss? Yes. And then I would say, obviously, Henry Cavill Sherlock. And that's not because the actor... It's because of the character choices he made. But the character of Henry Cavill Sherlock looks the most like Henry Cavill. So that's the reason there we I'm go, choosing there we him. Go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My first question to you, Ryan, uh-huh. is which Sherlock would you most want to come to your Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, um, honestly, Henry Cavill Sherlock. Like, he's the most daddy of the Sherlocks. Okay. Like, both in body and in action. Um... Like, I'm sure he could, like, carve a mean turkey, you know? Yeah, I feel like, that. Like, Benedict Cumberbatch he seems, seems like, the classiest. Benedict Cumberbatch would be too rude about it. And Robert Downey Jr. would just kind of, like, I feel like he wouldn't be interested. Like, yeah, my reasoning was, like, Robert Downey Jr. would, like, show up and, like, just, like, grub out and be, like, kind of rude about, like, mm-hmm. rude about it. He Benedict, wouldn't clear his Benedict place. Cumberbatch's Sherlock wouldn't show up. He would just decline an invite. Henry Cavill would show up and be polite and he nice would to carve family, the turkey. And he'd carve the turkey and he'd fucking bring a pie for dessert. So I'm going Henry mm-hmm. Cavill Sherlock on this yeah. one too. 
Okay, Tyler, my question to you is, which Sherlock are you going to call when you're sad? Oh, hmm. Honestly, Henry Cavill Sherlock. <laughs> Daddy Sherlock. Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. I'm not even talking to that dude. No, he seems like a dick. <laughs> he seems like such a dick. And remember when your junior Sherlock would just be like, oh, you're sad, let's go, like... Let's go to a bar Let's go to a boxing fight. match. Yeah, like, boxing And I'm like, no, I want to vent. Henry Cavill, Sherlock, already from the two-minute Enola Holmes trailer, and he's <laughs> in even less... He's not even in the full two-minute trailer, but in just the few scenes that he's in, he already seems like the Sherlock with the most emotional intelligence and complexity. Well, he's always hanging out with Mycroft. That's his brother. In all the other adaptations, I don't even think Mycroft's in the And all the other adaptations, he like, kind of hates his brother. Yeah. If this man's hanging out with his brother, it shows that he has... like. That good interpersonal relationship. And I He'd feel like that's good... the person I want to vent to. Exactly. My thoughts as well. Alright. My question to you, Ryan. Which Sherlock smells the best? Oh. Um. Hmm. I want to say Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock because he's modern day and he probably has modern technologies. But then I'm thinking, like, what if he's, like, on a heroin bender and he's not showered for weeks? It's definitely not Robert Downey Jr. It's definitely not Robert Downey Jr. I was tossed up between Henry Cavill and Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm going to say... Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm going to say Benedict Cumberbatch as well. Because modern day... And I also think that he would smell, like, at the very least, like, something kind of, like, dark and broody. Like, whiskey or, like, cigar smoke or something like that. Or and whatever heroin like, mm, smells like. It doesn't even have a scent. I don't know. I've never been around. Yeah, me neither. And I don't plan on it unless I'm near Benedict Cumberbatch. Sherlock, and then I'll be like, smells like heroin. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My next question to you is, which Sherlock are you passing the ox court to? Oh my gosh. I thought about having a question like this too. My, my, my trick here is that Henry Cavill and, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock are stuck in their time period. So they probably only know like shitty Victorian music. Like, they're just going to play... Like, what's the popular music in their time period? I don't know, Bach? But then, like, what? Benedict Cumberbatch... Benedict Sherlock Cumberbatch... probably listens to, like, what? Death Cab for Cutie? No, and, he's like... definitely just going to turn on the police radio. <laughs> like, fuck that shit. Give me the Victorian crap. You know, I'd be most curious to hear Benedict Cumberbatch's playlist. I think he's, he'd have, like, some dark, like... Like, melancholy emo stuff. I'm going to put... Like, Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock listens to, like, Hozier. I'm going to say Robert Downey <laughs> Jr., because uh, he's the only one I've seen play the fiddle. I don't want to see what kind of like uh, bluegrass he's got on his playlist. Mm, all right, I see it. Also, I do like the score of those Guy Ritchie movies. What if he just plays the score <laughs> of his own film? He's like, I like this music. It plays in my head a lot. <laughs> all right. My final question to you, Ryan, is which Sherlock are you calling to babysit your kids? Whoa, this ties in. Ryan doesn't have kids, but like just assuming. Okay, I'm going to like reveal my cards right now because it's so similar to my final question which sherlock would you like to adopt a child with okay so they're qu- kind of different but they're, they're both dealing with children but i feel like you might get the same answer for both the, th- the answer to both of them is definitely henry cavill yeah, sherlock he's daddy sherlock <laughs> he seems like again the most like emotionally intelligent and complex yes. i'm definitely not leaving a kid with benedict cumberbatch's no. heroin binger and robert downey jr is just gonna he's gonna freaking... use him for like some weird costume or like so, do, doesn't robert downey jr sherlock do like weird like cons and stuff like i feel like he'd use him well, as a prop he, i don't know if he does cons but he like puts on like old haggard clothes and like goes around in the street so he can like hear it things it seems better. like he'd like go and make like the kid like be like a little beggar to like find some yeah. information i'm not gonna have him also 
Like, I'm not sending my kid to live with that man. He just seems so chaotic. <laughs> it's true. At least Henry Cavill... Like, like Harold Jr.'s chaotic Sherlock. Benedict Cumberbatch is, like, depressing emo Sherlock. Henry Cavill is daddy, daddy Sherlock. Sherlock. And it's just the way it is. So already, we don't know hardly anything about Enola Holmes, let alone the character of Sherlock in this film. But already from the trailer, we know that this is the most complex and unique <laughs> and special portrayal of Sherlock Holmes. And I'm going to stick to my guns about that. It's true. I mean... I would call, I don't think I would call any other adaptation of Sherlock Holmes a daddy, but this one is like the main defining trait. Like the Robert Downey Jr. and Bandit Cumberbatch portrayals of Sherlock are really good for the media that they're in. Yeah. But in all the instances that we talked about where, I mean, not all of them because some of the answers were different, but I mean, Henry Cavill Sherlock clearly has an advantage in like other ordinary life situations. It's true. That aren't like... Figuring out how to knock out a dude bigger than you in a boxing match and, like, doing heroin and figuring out how to fake your suicide realistically. I mean, I guess those are things Sherlock needed to do. Yes, in the plot of those movies. But, but ordinary life situations, no. Yeah, when are you going to need... He just seems the most normal. That. That's what it is. Henry Cavill Sherlock seems like the most normal, level-headed of these portrayals so far. I mean, even They're though... They're not trying to turn him into a quirky character. I mean, I'm sure he will be, but, like, he doesn't have those, like awful like weird characteristics that would make him like not an ordinary human well at least they don't show us those in the trailer exactly so henry cavill congratulations you are daddy daddy sherlock for this episode at least um thank you for playing tyler and that that wraps up our discussion of about enola holmes and also netflix sherlock. movies forever well i'm sure we'll talk about more netflix movies eventually because i'm gonna predict that there's they're gonna keep making movies netflix Probably. Wow. Ted Sarandos. Make a movie. Reed Hastings is coming for you, baby. <laughs> Alright, Ryan. We're nearing the end of this episode, but we have to know before we sign off, which trailer that we talked about today did you like the most? And which movie that we talked about today are you most looking forward to see? Okay. Well, I think I had the most fun talking about the Anola Holmes trailer with you. Well, but was that just Daddy Sherlock conversation? That was, was that just trailer? all of the above. But <laughs> I, I'm not voting for it anyway. We need to add a third category. Which trailer was most fun to talk about? Okay. <laughs> but the movie trailer that I'm most excited for and the trailer that I thought was the best are one and the same. Wonder Woman 1984. I'm excited. We already know about my Netflix bias, so when the trailer begins with the big N, I'm already kind of frumpy. Um, but this one begins with a nice flashy WB. I don't think frumpy and grumpy mean the same thing, so I don't know why you chose to choose frumpy. <laughs> no, because you Because your outfit's actually pretty nice today. I Thank don't think you. you look frumpy at all. No, 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 but my insides feel frumpy. Okay. Like, my insides feel like I'm frumpy. Okay. You know? It's sure. not. I, I guess It's not like grumpy, like super angry. You know, it's just frumpy, like a little off. Pudding. I'm kind of gross. Okay. You know, but that's how I feel when I see the big in. All right. So that's why I've chosen Wonder Woman. I love it. Tyler Jenkins, that's two points for you. My favorite trailer that we talked about today is I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Like I said, I hadn't watched it until we were prepping for this podcast, and I really like the tone that it set. I like, in fact, it got me really interested in wanting to see the movie and see what it was all about. Um, but ultimately, the movie I'm most excited to see is Wonder Woman 1984. I'm very excited to see that new portrayal of wonder woman on the big screen uh i think it's exciting how they bring chris pine back uh and Crystal i'm excited performance as cheetah i'm very excited for to see well. how this movie advances digital fur technology <laughs> me too hopefully it's better than cats if Crystal wig breaks out the song i'm leaving the theater well i mean it depends on what song she's singing 
The rum tum I don't think it matters. <laughs> all right, that's all for today's episode. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Preview Review. If you're interested in following and subscribing to us, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, please do that. You can also follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter, at Preview Review. Uh-huh. I posted an exclusive picture on Twitter, and I didn't get many engagements. We need more followers on Twitter. Hit us up. <laughs> You'll get notified when new episodes are posted. Um, and sometimes we'll post uh, some fun behind-the-scenes looks at what we're doing in the preview review studio, which is also my apartment, which is where we are right now. And it's where we'll be next right time. after we finish recording this. Well, yeah, right when you hit stop. It's not like I teleport which away. Which I'm going to do now. Bye! Bye. The Rum Tum Tugger is a curious cat.